Chapter 15 Theories You're finally on. Yeah, I went to school. Where were you? I slept in because I was up all night. Party or research? Research. And? I have two theories about Fatala. Okay. One, she's a native spirit vampire who sires young men after seducing them with her beauty. She wasn't seducing anyone, though. You all followed her light. That's not seduction. Did any of the girls follow, or just you guys? Jeez, Eddie, nice find. How, how do you kill her? According to legend, you could kill her when she takes possession of a human body. You kill the person she possesses, and it kills her. The details are sketchy, and the sources aren't great. OMG, I met this old guy who had a vamp daughter, but he swore she was possessed. Are you freaking serious? Do you think it could be her? Not enough info. Should I investigate that vamp more or leave it be? Hey man, I'm just trying to help. You have to make that call. Okay. Theory two. This is my fave because it took the most research and is prob the biggest stretch. What is it? She's a dryad. Specifically an oread, which is the mountain pine version. Translation, please. Dryads are from Greek mythology. They're the living spirits of trees. They always appear as women, and they live as long as their tree does. So you think Vitala is a tree spirit? Specifically, an oread vampire. How can you be a tree spirit and a vamp? Maybe it has something to do with her two dads? Okay, explain. Her first dad could be the tree planter. She wouldn't know his name. Makes sense. The second could be her sire, the vampire that turned her. Okay, I follow. But I couldn't touch her. How could a vamp bite her? This is where my idea doesn't make much sense. Maybe Mr. Artistan bit her tree? Seriously? Why not? Why would a vamp bite a tree? Well, the sun came out too bright one day, and he fled into the woods to run from the sun. He got lost and was starving. Unable to catch any animals for blood, he bites a ponderosa pine for its sap. Uh, how late did you stay up? Hey, lol. I'm not buying that. What would be the chance he bites a tree with a spirit? Like, a million to one? Maybe there's one for every tree and you just don't know it. They have a rep for being shy. Besides, what are the chances of any of this? Good point. So which idea are you going to go with? I guess I will rule out the first, then go from there. Why don't you give me your cell in case I think of anything else? Thanks. 555-0007. Two more things. Okay. I found the name Vitala had Indian bloodsucker connotations. Indian? Yeah, Indian like India though, not natives. Wow, weird. How could that be possible? IDK. Maybe it's a coincidence. Okay. The other thing? Don't die. Okay. I logged off and tried to clear my head. Eddie's theories were insane, but he had been right before. I wondered if the rest of the group would go for it. Could the old man have been right about possession? 
That didn't seem to line up at all, but it needed to be ruled out. The thing was, I didn't have the old man's name or number. The only way to get more information from him would be to go to Camp Verde. I decided that's what the group would do in the morning instead of going to the forest further. I pulled out my phone and texted the group the new plan that we'd meet at my house in the morning. I flipped on the TV to take a chunk out of the night, seeing as it was only seven. I flipped until I found a monster movie. It wasn't about vampires, but it was interesting nonetheless. I pulled off my shirt to get more comfortable and noticed the discoloration had spread across my chest and down towards my waist. All the paler skin was ice cold to the touch, very eerie, but at least I wasn't hot like I usually was in the valley desert heat. I'd say after about an hour I jumped off the couch as a panicked feeling came over me. I had the overwhelming feeling that I was running out of time. Although I couldn't explain it, I could feel it in my blood that the vampires were brewing something big. I couldn't let it all go down without letting Josie know how I feel. I put my shirt back on quickly and made sure my mother was still in her room and found her sound asleep. I snuck out the front door and started up my Jeep as quietly as I could and headed out to Josie's house. She didn't live far away and I arrived in front of her family ranch style custom home a little after 8 p.m. It was getting dark and the yellow streetlights of her town gave the street an eerie golden glow. I pulled up next to the curb in front of the neighbors and walked quietly towards her front door. I wanted to surprise her. She had just received a text from me and would assume I was at home. I could have done the honorable thing and rang the doorbell and asked her parents if I could take her out for a couple hours, but I was afraid to ask. I decided to ask forgiveness rather than permission. I guess my bad decisions were becoming a trend. I snuck around the side of the house to find Josie's window. I hadn't ever been in her room, but I knew where it was. There was a light on the inside to reassure me she was there. The window wasn't very high, so there was no need to throw a rock. I simply just tapped on the pane, gently. A few seconds later, she popped up in the window. The window was large, framing her like a masterpiece painting, and she honestly couldn't have looked any more stunning. Her black hair was pulled up and pinned down in the back by some sort of pick. She was already in her PJs, a nice worn-out t-shirt with faded print and short green flannel shorts. She had a funny look on her face, like she was excited to see me but nervous I was there. I pointed to the front of the house where my Jeep was parked and she shook her head no and smiled. I put my hands together in a begging position and mouth to her, please, but she shook her head no again and smiled bigger. She grabbed the bottom edge of her shirt and tugged on it to remind me she wasn't dressed. I dropped down on my knees to beg. Her olive cheeks turned a bit red and she lifted her arms and put her pointer finger up as if to say, hold on. Then she quickly pulled the shade down over the window, blocking my view. I watched for a minute as her silhouette removed her PJs and put on regular clothes. I realized this was inappropriate and I turned my back. When she was almost done, I was staring blankly at the house next door when I saw a square of light appear on it. I turned to see the shade up again and Josie in the window fully dressed and pointed to the front like I had before. I nodded and then treaded lightly towards the front of the house. Josie's bedroom light turned off behind me, and I figured she was sneaking past her parents towards the front door. I stayed to the shadows made by the tree down by the sidewalk as she slowly, silently slid through the front door and pulled it tight behind her. She ran across the pebbled landscape towards me and put her finger on her lips to keep me quiet. I grabbed her hand and pulled her towards my Jeep next door. We entered the vehicle and pulled away, free and exhilarated. 
What is this all about? She asked as she laughed aloud. What? I responded innocently. I can't take my girlfriend out on a date? Is this a date? She asked, raising one eyebrow at me. Sure. Then why didn't you just ask me like normal and talk to my parents? It's not that kind of date, I said with a smile. Looked deep into her eyes. What kind is it? She prodded playfully as we drove. It's kind of spur of the moment. What are we going to do? She asked. I honestly hadn't thought about it. I just wanted to spend some time with her. I don't know, but I'll have you home by 10, I answered. Fair enough. After a short pause, she continued. This is really fun. We both had adrenaline flowing through our veins from all the sneaking around. I drove through town, looking at all the businesses and restaurant lights glowing above our heads and decided I'd take my girl for ice cream. How's ice cream sound? I asked. Perfect, she said as she snuggled gently into my arm. I pulled in quickly to the local treat shop. It was the very same place I had taken Josie on our first official date just a few months ago. We parked the Jeep and entered the shop store, ordering the same cones we had before. There wasn't a single soul in the place outside the working crew, and so every seat was as private as could be. We sat in the far corner anyway. Josie got up to get us some napkins and spoons in case we needed them. I watched her as she walked around the shop. My eyes fixed on her neck again, and it took everything I had to shake it. So do you remember our first time here? I asked as she sat down. Of course, our first date. First official date, I corrected her. Huh? Our first unofficial date was the first week I met you, I explained, at junior-senior camp. Oh, yeah, she said with realization in her eyes. We snuck away from the group the last day of camp and went hiking together. Best day of my life, I declared aloud. Really? It's not yours? I asked nervously. I've had better, she teased. Like? Tonight? You could tell she wasn't comfortable admitting it. I reached out and grabbed her free hand in mine and squeezed it. I know we were only high schoolers and people say we aren't supposed to know love, but I knew it. If not before, I knew it then. I loved her. I knew better than to say so, though. I didn't want to mess anything up. So what's the plan for tomorrow? She asked, changing the subject to the tasks at hand. I didn't understand the text other than to meet at your house. Oh, right. Okay. How do I explain this? I said aloud as I thought. The Native American man that saved my life in Camp Verde showed me something strange in his house. Go on. He had his daughter locked up and tied down in her bedroom, and she was like Marcos and Jason. What? She was a vampire too? She asked, clearly startled. I squeezed her hand again to comfort her. I think she was, but the old man swears she's possessed by an evil spirit instead. That the spirit inside her is causing the change. Why does he think that? He says she had sex with some guy, and then she got that way. He thinks the spirit is punishment for her sin or something. I answered. That's not how things work, she said adamantly. That's what I said. I don't know anything about monsters and ghosts, but I know about church stuff, and evil spirits don't possess people for sin, she ranted. I know, I said, trying to calm her down a bit. We need to go up there and try to rule out possession as a cause, though. Why? I had Eddie do some research on the woman of the woods, and he came up with two theories, and one of them is that she's a temptress who possesses people to feed, I tried to explain. 
and he thinks the woman might be in Marcos and Jason now? She asked, sounding a bit confused. I guess so. At the same time that she's in the woman? She continued her line of questioning. I just shrugged. I hadn't been able to make any sense of it at all. That's not biblical. Ah, neither are vampires or cigarettes or cell phones, I said, smiling. She looked upset at that response at first, but then she smiled with me. We were really off the charts with this stuff now. I don't think the possession idea makes sense. What's the other theory? She asked me. Okay, but this idea is worse, I warned. She nodded and licked her ice cream cone as she listened. He thinks maybe she is a tree spirit called an Oread. That isn't worse. That makes sense, she accepted. Hold on, I must not be explaining it right. Somehow the spirit woman would have to have been turned into a vampire, and he suggests a vampire bit her tree. I trailed off laughing at the idea's idiocy. Josie laughed with me, but then suddenly stopped as she licked the ice cream mustache off her lips. Why couldn't Oreads or nymphs just be vampires? Why does she have to have been made, she proposed. I hadn't even thought of that. I tried to wrap my mind around it as she continued. Doesn't that make sense too? We don't know tree spirits are all nice and normal and then have to become evil. Maybe they're just evil. And there's only one for all those trees, I countered. Hmm, maybe there are millions of spirits, she responded. And they're all as evil as the woman? I guess that's not very likely. Maybe she is just evil, like a wicked stepmother or a bad sister or something? Josie explained her own personal theories. Nice, maybe a witch put a hex on the woman's tree, I said jokingly. Josie caught on and fired back. Maybe she was the cursed seed. Or a dead vampire's ghost bit the tree, I offered. There's no such thing as ghosts, she said laughing. Oh, right, my bad. Maybe the vampire had sex with her and turned her, she said immediately looking into my eyes for a reaction as her cheeks turned bright red. What? I exclaimed. Well, the native girl did and then became a vampire. Why not our woman too? She defended. I tried staking Vitala, that's her name, and my stake went right through her. How exactly would sex work? I said it as I thought through it. She covered her face with her hands in embarrassment for being the one responsible for making the sex comment. Wait, what does sex and biting someone have in common? I can't believe I'm having this conversation, Josie shouted playfully. I waited for her true response to my question anyway. I finished off my cone as I waited. Anything? Fluid exchange? She answered with her hands over her bright red face again. Exactly. So? She asked calmly. Think of other fluid exchanges. I encouraged and we sat there quietly for five minutes with nothing. When my phone broke up the silence, I pulled my cell phone out from my pocket and checked the ID. It wasn't local. I flipped it open and answered. Hello? Hello, Mr. Andrews there? A familiar voice came across the receiver. Mr. Andrews doesn't live here, I answered. Let me be more specific. Is Isaac Andrews there? I recognized the voice as Saul. This is him. Sona, I got a problem and I think you're connected somehow. He said audibly shaken. 
Okay, what is it? I asked curiously. I would have never expected the warden to lose his calm like that. You know Dennis and Deb? He asked with a still shaky voice. Your rangers? That's right. I sent them into the woods around the area where you and your friends were snooping around after hours the other night. He said this trying not to tremble, and I gasped to myself. Had this Vitalis situation spread outside of our party lines? Dennis and Deb came back wrong. What do you mean they came back wrong, I asked. They left all Dennis and Deb, and they came back all bloody-mouthed and bent on eating me like some dang cannibals, he exclaimed. Jeez, Warden, as Josie gave me a hand squeeze and a concerned look. Either she could hear the Warden too, or she was reacting to my body language. Funny thing is, I got the same feeling around these two when they came back wrong as I did your runaway friends. I got to thinking about how suspicious you've been acting. I thought about your snooping around my woods. I thought to myself, Isaac's connected somehow. You are, aren't you? He asked. What could I say? He was clearly involved in this disaster now anyway. Yes, I said softly. That one word emitted so much more than I ever dreamed. Where are they now? Well, I shot them both in the head when Deb tried to eat me. After that, I threw their bodies outside my cabin. Are they still there? What do you mean, are they still there? Didn't you hear? I shot them in the head. He asked back, frantic and confused. I could hear him stand up over the phone and walk across the wooden floor to the door. What in the Sam Hill's going on? They're, they're not out there. Warden, listen carefully. You need to stay in your cabin until daylight. I know it sounds crazy, but there are some supernatural things happening in your woods. I tried to contain him verbally. Daylight? I'm not scared of the dark. I know, but they might be afraid of light. What are we dealing with here, son? You won't call me crazy? I just shot my coworker in the head and they got up and walked away apparently, so I don't think I'll be the one calling people crazy this evening. He replied sarcastically. Vampires. Did I hear you right? Yes, vampires, I replied cautiously. The light, wanting to bite me. It fits. He replied strangely calm. Hell, that actually makes me feel a lot better. It does? I asked, confused. In one phone call, I've gone from murderer to vampire killer. Uh, or hunter. How about hunter? He said, trying to find his words. I have a theory on how to end this. Feel like sharing? In the morning, my friends and I will come to you and we'll do it together. Are you in? I asked, hopefully, despite my inner despise for the guy. I knew he could be helpful in a fight. I said I never want to see your two vehicles ever again, he answered flatly. Don't worry, we'll be driving something different, I fired back quickly. Oh, in that case, see you here at ten. After that statement, I heard the phone drop to the floor. I could faintly hear him yelling in the background, They're trying to get in! There was a bunch of shuffling and then the phone went dead. Everything inside me wanted to hop in my Jeep and go help him, but I was two hours away, at least, and it was dark and I had no idea where that cabin was. I couldn't have helped him that night if I tried. The best thing we could do is head up in the morning and hope he made it through the night. How much of that did you hear? I asked Josie. All of it? Or we're going after him, right? She said, clearly upset by what she had heard. In the morning, Joe, we can't help much in the dark. I answered, pointing outside the ice cream shop window at the pitch black sky. She nodded and her face turned somber. Did we just ruin your best day ever? I guess I'll have to find out if it was spoiled in the morning, she replied. 
Then a few moments later, she continued, You're dropping the possession idea now, right? Why? I asked. The rangers were changed after searching in the forest. Vitala can't be in our friends and in the native girl and in the forest biting rangers at the same time, she explained thoroughly. Okay, I'll drop it if you give me one more feasible fluid exchange to turn a tree into an evil spirit, I said, thinking I could stump my ultra-bright girlfriend. She smiled and tapped her crimson fingernails on the table for a few seconds. She was clearly thinking this one out. P, she answered. Excuse me? Maybe a vampire relieved himself on her tree, and it just so happened that this tree had a living spirit, and it was affected, she said proudly. Whoa. Wait, that's not an exchange, though. The tree isn't giving any fluids. The tree doesn't have to. The vampire's fluids infected it. A vampire spits in your blood. A vampire pees on a tree. A vampire's, you know. She was on to something now. That's good enough for me, I responded. I looked deep into her eyes that were brown at that moment, and I stood up to leave. We need to leave early in the morning. I better get you home. Josie sighed and got up with me and followed me to the beat-up Jeep. As I drove her back to the house, she texted the rest of the group, informing them of our early departure up north. She made sure not to say anything about the warden and his situation. We had agreed people should get the best sleep they possibly could, and our new info wouldn't help that end. It wasn't long before we were parked along the street curb in front of her house. I walked her to her door and made sure she got in safely and then scurried back to my Jeep to drive home. Less than a half hour later, I was at home and getting ready for bed. As I tried to unwind for the evening before bed, I thought through the entire situation I had found myself in. Was Vitala a tree spirit? My weapon sure hadn't done much good before. Maybe it was as, as simple as a chainsaw to a tree. Cut down the tree, kill the woman. But which tree? There had to be millions of trees out there. Eddie seemed to think it was pine and not birch, but that still would leave a lot to chance. The thought crossed my mind to cut them all down, but the frowning brow of Saul the Warden entered my head. He would never allow it. That is, if he was still alive in the morning. That night before bed, I prayed for Saul. I hadn't prayed for anyone but myself in years. It was rare enough to pray at all.